I really believe that everybody has a strength and a gift and a talent. And if we start with where their strength is, where their talent is, and we just layer on conversations about what's the next logical step from there, that's the best way to create change in our schools. This is Transforming Learning. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Amy. And Zach. And this week, Zach is talking to Christina Pedraza about building culture. Yeah, so I met Dr. Christina Pedraza virtually because she is an administrator in Illinois. She'll introduce herself and give the background on that, but definitely an interesting conversation about her strategies as an administrator and her experience as an instructional coach and how she supports her teachers. So let's jump right in. Here's Dr. Christina Pedraza. All right, so I'm here with Dr. Christina Pedraza, and we have connected in a pretty unique way, which I do want to explain to our listeners, but I think before I do, Christina, would you go ahead and just share with us a bit about your background, what are you doing today in education, and what brought you there? Sure, so um, I am currently an assistant principal in Elmhurst, but um, I've really been in education for about 20 years. Um, I started out teaching reading, I taught computers, um, and then I got into the classroom and I taught first grade, fourth grade, uh, fifth grade, and then I was on this really amazing team, and they said, you know, you need to share what you're doing. We really like your ideas. Um, Have you ever thought about being an instructional coach? And that was new at the time, and I literally went home, Googled instructional coach, um, saw that a district around me was hiring and applied, and it ended up being the best job ever. I learned a ton about education doing that. I've always been curious about like what makes kids tick. And so while I was an instructional coach, I worked on getting my doctorate and I studied factors of intrinsic motivation in students, um, which was super interesting. Um, but I've always just been kind of curious about learners and why some kids learn one way and other kids learn another way. So, um, and then from there, I became an assistant principal. So that's where I am today. All right, just outside of Chicago there. Yes, yeah. No, it's this nice um, little district outside of Chicago. We are a K-12 district. Um, I work in two different elementary schools. Um, So I work with a lot of teachers and a lot of students on a daily basis. Um, And for our listeners' sake, just so they understand why we are talking today, um, I I was on Twitter, as I tend to be, looking for interesting ideas from educators and noticed just a series of tweets that you had posted over time. So I went to your feed and I just, it attracted me because I saw a lot of posts about your educators. You were posting about the teachers that you work with and that you support and the things that they were doing and very positive and encouraging about the really interesting things happening around you. You were posting about some of the things that students were involved in. And I just couldn't help but notice how much you celebrated the educators you work with. And so that being the case, I I reached out to you because I would love to hear more about your perspective on that, Christina. And especially as um, as, as I followed your work, I noticed that blog post you've recently added that focuses on some of your strategies. So we're going to try to develop a little bit of conversation around that as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things that I remember when I was in the classroom and teaching, I would have administrators come into my classroom, 
they would hang out for a little bit and they would leave and I would never hear anything back from them except for if I was on cycle that year. And I would always wonder, you know, what was going on in their brains? <laughs> Did they like what I was doing? And, you know, we would have conversations during my evaluations and they'd give me positive feedback then. Um, but I always vowed that if I was going to be in classrooms, that if I was ever in a classroom, I wanted to give um, teachers feedback. So it started for me with that where um, anytime I would go into a classroom, I would leave and I would send like a positive email um, just saying, I noticed you did this, this, and this. Um, it had this impact on students. And the reason why I did that was one, so they weren't wondering after I left, like, did she like what I was doing? What, you know, what was she thinking? Um, and two, it's a really great way for me to reinforce awesome things that um, I'm seeing. And so, um, it kind of started with that with me, and I would get emails back from my teacher saying, wow, I really like that. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for being so positive. And so it helped me to build some really great relationships as well. Um, I got to know the teaching styles of my teachers a lot better because it was always a goal for me to be in there regularly. And then this was a side part of it that I didn't even consider, but it's worked really well. I now have a record of every time I'm in a classroom of when I'm in there, what I'm seeing, and I see trends in the teachers, and I can connect teachers who teach similarly with one another, um, and it's a great way to just spread what's happening. So the way I started on Twitter is kind of a funny story. Um, I had been on Twitter and been kind of tweeting things out, but kind of randomly, not on a regular basis, and we... Um, in my district went and saw George Kuros speak at a conference about a year ago actually. And so he does this thing where about halfway through the conference he has you like leave, reflect, he gives you like a half an hour to make a Twitter video about like what have you learned so far. So I went out, I made this video, I came back and my face is up on this giant screen and there's like a thousand people on this thing. And so he's like, where's Christina? And I'm trying to hide my face because I really don't want to stand up in front of a thousand people. But anyway, we have this conversation. Some of my staff is there, and he's like, does Christina get into your classrooms? And they're like, yes, she definitely does. And he's like, well, what does Christina do um, when she sees something good? And they're like, oh, you know, she sends an email. And he's like, oh, she sends an email. And I think he's going to be like, that's great. And he's like, how does anybody else know the great things that your staff is doing? And I was like, oh, my God, he totally called me out in front of all these people. And I was like, that is brilliant. And, you know, and I'm like, that's a really great idea. He's like, I'm giving you a homework assignment. He's like, once a week, and, he, and he's like, teachers, you know, and he has my teachers say that they're going to hold me accountable for this. He's like, once a week, you're going to post a video. It can be of students, you know, whatever you want, but just something that's happening in your school. And so I did it once, um, and I had the kids kind of do a little video, and I just started doing it more and more. And um, instead of doing it once a week, it ended up me doing it basically almost once a day um, and just really seeing and being able to share and the kids get really excited about talking about what's happening and so it's kind of morphed into this thing that um, I've, I've really seen a lot more connections, um, I've seen consistency and the funny thing is is that the teachers um, really know what kind of um, teaching that I want to see. And they come back to me and they're like, I love all the positive, you know, things that you say about us. Um, but they're like, we really understand what you are looking for in our classrooms. And so it's a, it's a different way to um, make it visible. The other side of it um, is that when I talk to parents, they just want to know what's happening in classrooms. And being a parent myself, and I have a three-year-old, she goes to Montessori school, um, I wonder what she does all day. And I don't get a lot of that information. And unfortunately, I think um, in the media, we do a lot of 
promoting test scores and saying, you know, these schools are doing great because of test scores or these schools aren't doing great because of test scores. But we're not really opening up the four walls and saying, wow, this is what education looks like. It's not the same as when, you know, you and I went to school. And look at the way we're empowering these kids to really take control of their learning and to ask these great questions or the projects they're doing or the learning that's happening in the classrooms. And so I really want to show the community how amazing our teachers are and the work that they're doing and how awesome our kids are. And I'm just blown away daily walking around and getting to see just the joy. So part of it is me honestly just sharing the joy that I have. That's, that's an incredible perspective, Christina. I can really appreciate from my years as an educator just that that mindset. Uh, it's very uncommon. And the experience your educators must feel, as you've articulated, but certainly there's there's probably even far more there than they're able to clearly share and articulate to you. But um, it's it's incredible. And we know, with you know, without a doubt, that for you to as you go about your day to be looking for, you know, what are the incredible things that I can share that are happening around me? Just the change in perspective that you experience as, you know, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for what are some things I need to fix or correct. You know, I'm, I'm trying to celebrate and expose great things. That by itself is a powerful dynamic that you've created or that you've helped to create in, in your academic environments. I, I, I really wholeheartedly believe that. I, I believe in a strength-based approach. Um, I learned that as a coach. It's Nobody goes to school and comes to school every day to do bad things. Everyone is putting forth their best effort, and they're working with what they, you know, what they know, what they learned in school. And Sometimes they don't know some of the methodologies that have come out that maybe might affect their kids in a different way. But I, I really believe that everybody has a strength and a gift and a talent. And if we start with where their strength is, where their talent is, and we just layer on conversations about what's the next logical step from there, that's the best way to create change in our schools. It's not, I've been around lots of administrators who are very much like, they're not doing this, they're not doing this, they're not doing this. And I, I'm not saying that no one ever um, doesn't have to work on some things and maybe there can be some improvements made, but I think that we have a much stronger culture and um, it's, it's just a much stronger dynamic when we look at what are people doing well and how can we build on that? So that's definitely my philosophy. So, Christina, if we can reflect for a little bit on some of the specifics, because um, here you've talked about Twitter as one of the methods that you use for sharing. Um, and I'm actually going to just direct our listeners briefly here. I'm on your blog, and it's ChristinaPedraza.com. We're going to share that in our show notes, so anyone can just click the link there. And your post from, it looks like it was March 12th, that uh, about making the positives so loud. And in the post, you articulated five five different strategies that you employ. So I'm curious what among those, one of them is the, the Twitter strategy that you've mentioned. Uh, what are a couple of those other strategies that you employ to try to continue to celebrate or make loud the good things that are happening? So um, another thing that evolved out of this, um, two of my other favorite educators um, are AJ Giuliani and John Spencer. I just really uh, love their work. And um, in one of their books, Empower, they talk about, you know, what can we do? What can we have students do that we're currently doing for them, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. And so I really started thinking about that um, in relation to me putting out all these tweets about what was happening in classrooms. And I was like, an epiphany hit me and went, why am I the one telling the story of what's happening in our school? Like, why am I not empowering the kids to tell the story? So um, last year, um, I did a short video with the kids, and I actually don't think I referenced this in the blog post, but um, 
I wanted to do a celebration of all of the strategies and shifts that our teachers have been making in this one short year about empowering kids. And so we wrote this parody called 21st Century Learning, um, and the kids like choreographed it. They, I mean, they literally did the whole video. We had a collaboration with the high school who came over and videotaped it, but like they storyboarded the whole thing and it debuted the last day of school as like a celebration of like, wow, teachers, thank you. Like, this is everything that we're doing. So I started thinking about, okay, how can we build on that, but to really like get into the classrooms and tell that story. And so I started two groups this year. The first group um, is at one of my schools and the kids go in and they interview the kids in the classroom and they ask them, what's unique about this classroom? What do you love the most about learning in here? What's the best thing about your teacher? Um, and they're actually fi finishing their first round of videos. They're gonna come out in about a week. It's, it's been a process because we first studied YouTube. What makes a video engaging? You know, what kind of angles are we going to be um, using? What, how do we tell a story? Like how does a documentary work? And so we built like a really great foundation of that. We had kids from the high school come over and mentor them as far as how do we use these cameras? Um, what's gonna be the best approach? We had some from district office come over. So, um, so they go in and they interview and then they go in and they get uh, what they call B-roll um, and they get actual video clips of the things that the kids are talking about and they put it together in these little mini documentaries about each classroom. So that's at one of my schools um, and I'm excited for them to continue that. I don't think this year they're going to be able to get through all the classrooms. Unfortunately, that was the original goal, but, you know, we'll go from there. They're already excited about finishing up um, this first round and going on to the next. And then in my other building, um, we started we started doing the same idea. And basically what happened was um, Katie Martin came to our school and she did this whole parent workshop and it was talking about what was school like for you? What do you really want for your kids? And so um, it was really powerful hearing the parents talk about it wasn't like the standards and I want my kids to learn all these math facts and I want them to, you know, have all these things memorized. It was I want my kids to be really kind human beings who believe they can do anything. And it was just like, oh, I get chills thinking about it. Um, so she came in and did this work and started it. And I was like, we, we can't stop there. We have to continue this. We have to build this shared vision with our community because the school isn't just the teachers and the kids and the administrators. It's the whole community. And so I had our PTA president come in and we started brainstorming, okay, how can we get more parents in for this? And she's like, you know what? If the parents saw more of what was going on, if we could kind of hook them that way. And I, and I was like, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a really great idea. So it turned into this group of kids that I'm working with actually making like a 40 minute documentary about our whole school and what does teaching look like. And so um, they interviewed parents, they interviewed teachers, they interviewed kids. Um, and so it turned into this like this big thing, but it's all about sharing what um, are the strengths of what we want. And then with that one, they also asked like for a vision for the future. Like what do kids really want out of school? What do the parents want? And so we're actually meeting tomorrow for a follow-up to start coming up with action steps like based on uh, the work that we did for that. So that's another piece of it. If I can just reflect for a moment with you, Christina, you know, we talk so much in education about what are the most important things. Everyone's always trying to find, you know, what are the most important things? Um, and it's always about the things that we're doing in teaching and learning, which, you know, there's the behavioral components that are always a piece of it. There's classroom management, which is, is or isn't content or otherwise related. And as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing, I'm not just hearing a single idea. I'm hearing a flood of great things that anyone could do in any school. Uh, you know, they don't have to try to do everything that you're doing to have positive impact and I can really appreciate um, just how you've how you've really expanded that effort 
both yourself and the things that you're doing and then bringing in more parties like that, bring the students into it, bringing the community into it. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that has come out of this that has been um, very successful that I think administrators, if you're listening, might key into is something um, called bite-sized feedback cycles. And I truly don't think I would be able to do these bite-sized feedback cycles had I not built the trust of positivity first of coming in and just saying these are all of the these are the great things that I'm seeing. So bite-sized feedback cycles work like this. Um, I offer to teachers to come into their classroom once a week at a time that we have agreed upon together. And I started doing this as an instructional coach and that's kind of where this idea came from. But um, I come in at the same time, we talk about a subject um, and they can either give me a focus or they can just say whatever you wanna notice. And so I write down all of the awesome things that um, I see um, and then I also leave a note for what's one thing that they can work on to elevate what they're doing. And we talk about it after school or on their plan or whenever they want to meet for like 15 minutes. So it's 15 minutes of me in, 15 minutes after school. And then we agree on a time for me to come in at the same time for the next week. And we do that for like four to six weeks. And so um, that's been a way that I've really seen a huge um shift in instructional practice and not in a way of like people were doing things wrong and they needed to fix all of these things. It's just really deepening the work that they're doing. One of the teachers I was working with, she's already a phenomenal question asker, but um, as, as I was talking with her, we started talking about, okay, how can we get the kids to do more of this work? So like, you're not the one who's asking all of the questions. And that came out of me just seeing the same exact part every single week and really refining it. And so it's optional. None of the teachers have to actually do it. Um, I start out by offering it people who are on cycle. Um, I started offering it the year before just so that they could kind of get to know my style and offering feedback and whatnot. Um, and then I offered it as a part of their evaluation. So then after I'm in their classroom for that time, then I'll do a formal observation of, of the entire um, lesson itself. And so I've really gotten to know the kids. I've gotten to know the style. It makes me be able to give such better feedback from it. Um, it's really powerful. Yeah. And I know that one of the concerns that an administrator might raise hearing that is, you know, how am I going to find the time or how am I going to, but you already, you already mentioned, you, you're not working with a small population here. No, so I work in two buildings. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> so if nothing, the, the concept that you've laid out as just, you know, something that's quick and simple like that, um, that allows it to be, you know, something you can scale as, as needed to a bigger, you know, bigger demographic, certainly. Well, I, I, I can appreciate just even something as simple and practical um as as from the bite-sized feedback kind of strategy to twitter and you know just getting it public um and then you know some some bigger endeavors with like a video that students can help produce that's great if possible what kinds of connection or relationship have you seen between these kinds of things that you're doing and not just the teaching and learning in the classroom, but then the benefits the students are actually experiencing? I, well, first of all, the kids know me so much better because I'm in the building and um, they see me everywhere. I was actually at a different building the other day um, at the junior high and they're like, you're the YouTube lady. And I thought that was funny, but um, anyway, so, um, so, but the, it gets you present, it gets you knowing every kid in the building. So whether you're working in one building or working in two buildings, you really um, get to see what are those needs. Um, it really helps 
it gives me a much better sense of the pulse of the building of, okay, so what kind of style are the teachers working in? What are their overall strengths? And what are some things that maybe we need to solidify a little bit more? And so when we're planning professional learning experiences and offering different things for teachers, when I have these regular conversations with teachers in like bite-sized feedback cycles, um, or even just being in their classrooms, um, it gives me an idea of what they're more interested in and, and what they want to work on themselves. Um, and then that impacts the kids. Specifically, I've seen a shift in really more of empowering the kids. Um, one of the teachers that I was working with, she actually started um, having the kids develop their own assessments of their learning. And so she is someone who will come to me and just you know what, I have this idea, let's talk about it. And so prior to us building this relationship, it's not going to be something, you know, most teachers aren't going to go run to their administrator and say, hey, what do you think about this? But I have people come to me all the time proposing ideas. And so it's that, it's that risk-taking piece. So then the kids are benefiting. Um, another teacher that I was working with in that shifting to empowering the kids to kind of owning. So she was giving her kids really great feedback and doing conferring and working with them. But she was talking about, um, I noticed when I was in her classroom and she'd work in small group, she would be the one asking all the questions. And so the kids were really great at giving good answers, but it, it was, they would just wait, wait for her to ask the question. And so it was just that small shift of, well, how can you get those kids to start giving more of their ideas? And so we started brainstorming, you know, how can we empower them? This was, you know, eight-year-old um, kids and the, the change. I have a, a, I have a couple of videos of it up there. I don't remember from exactly what year. But anyway, it's really powerful to watch. So um, another teacher said, you know, I, I am amazed at what these kids are capable of doing that I wouldn't have realized unless you gave me permission to let them try these things. So I have another teacher who the kids have um, like first grade mentors. And so this was all her idea. I loved talking to her about it. She um, has them meet with one another. And the whole idea is that they steal an idea from the other person. Um, if you want to hear more about that, I actually also do a podcast with the teachers, um, myself and one of my principals. Um, we wish we were doing it more regularly. We've actually put out five this year. The goal next year is definitely to do more. But um, there's one that we do with a first grade teacher. And she talks all about how she empowers these first grade kids to really like mentor one another and coach one another um, in all different subject areas. So um, it's just been very powerful seeing how the kids, instead of being passive, um, and not like they were all sitting there. I have really good teachers, um, so I don't want to give that impression. But there really has been a shift from how much talking the teacher is doing to how much talking the kids are doing and how much um, that they can do. Well, Christina, I so appreciate your time today. I so appreciate your willingness, whether it's here in this conversation, but you know, in general, your willingness to spend the time and you know give the effort to share and celebrate the great things happening in your buildings. But um, I think because of that, you know, we can we can see it spread far beyond just your circles that how else would I have found out about what you're doing except because of that public dynamic. So on behalf of the educators that you serve in that way, um, and as well, all the rest of us who can benefit from the great things that you're doing, I, I thank you. I appreciate your willingness to share. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you um, having me on here and giving me that opportunity. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm always happy to chat about any of this. So um, and share any resources or any questions you have. Definitely. Well, we'll certainly direct our listeners to your blog, ChristinaPedraza.com. You can also find on Twitter, uh, Dr. Christina Pedraza. And you mentioned the podcast. What's the name of the podcast? So the podcast is called Supercharged Learning. Um, we currently don't have it on a podcast 
hosting uh, device. We actually just put it up on YouTube because it's easy for people to listen to in the car. Like we found most of our teachers have a YouTube app, but not necessarily a podcast app. So um, it's our goal to switch it over at some point, but this is new to us this year. So we're trying it out. But um, yes, our theme at one of my buildings is uh, superheroes. And so we decided to call it supercharged learning. I love it. Supercharged learning, the podcast on YouTube. And then we can listen to those conversations as well. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time, Christina. Thank you. All right. Well, Zach and Amy are back here, and we just we're, we're going to reflect a moment because, first of all, you noticed how excited I was talking with Christina just to hear some of those ideas. I think these are some things that we don't see a lot in classrooms or rather in schools and buildings today. So administrators and instructional coaches who are listening, I encourage you to take some notes because there's some really practical stuff there. And some of it's things you could just start doing tomorrow to help improve your building culture. But for the classroom teacher, and Amy, I think this is where I want to dwell for a moment. What can a classroom teacher do to try to contribute to this building culture and this mindset a bit more? I think the first thing teachers need to do is open their classroom doors. Which makes me think right away about, um, I think it's Cult of Pedagogy. Jennifer Gonzalez has a great post about pineapple charts and just an easy way to organize this idea of here's what's going on in the classes all around you right now. And feel free to stop in any time as long as the chart says it's okay to stop in. You know, something like that, a way to quickly and easily organize uh, an open door, transparent experience. That's a great idea. Yeah, if we have our classroom doors open, we're inviting others in, we want to share what we're doing with others. And that's the second thing I think teachers need to do is share with others, but also acknowledge what others are doing and celebrate what others are doing in the classroom. That what Christina was talking about was all about celebrating and being really positive because there's so many great things going on in our classrooms and we need to celebrate it. We need to talk about it. The third thing that I think teachers can do is get kids involved in this process of sharing out the great things that are happening. Um, the kids really take pride in this and in, in sharing what their teachers are doing and the awesome things that are happening in their classrooms. So ultimately, there's a lot here that can involve some really practical strategies, but um, might be a little bit difficult depending on your context and such. We would love to talk more with you. And especially if you'd like to try to implement something, we can certainly support you on that as a team of coaches here. So whether it's Eric, Pete, Amy, or myself, Zach, you can reach out to any and all of us at cbdconsulting.com slash elevate edu. Thanks again for listening. If you haven't yet deduced, at CBD, we believe the best kind of professional growth comes from conversations with other professionals. So we have devoted ourselves to ensuring any educator anywhere can have that opportunity. Our virtual coaching service guarantees that. Check us out on cbdconsulting.com slash elevate edu. You can share thoughts with just an email or quick text or dive right into a conversation by phone or video chat. We look forward to hearing from you.